You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Off Tackle with John Fiennes Show, brought to you by Q42 on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast and Podcast Network. My name is Joe Miller, host of the show, here alongside my friend, as always, the big man, John Fina. John, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Joe Miller. How you doing? Co-starring Mimi Fina in the background, handing John all of his refreshments. <laughs> we we missed the pop, the pop there, there. You did it quiet. What? <laughs> there it is, the pop of the can. Uh, so good to have everybody with us. We got a special guest this evening. Uh, Ruben Brown is going to be joining the show, former Buffalo Bill, former Chicago Bear. But before that, we want to talk about Q42 real quick. And John, I know that you love Q- Q42, and you know that I love Q42. And we also know that a bunch of people have been ordering Q42 because of this show, which has been really great. But what makes Q42 barbecue sauce, Q- barbecue sauce different from the rest? Well, as you always say, it's made right here in Western New York. With Western New York honey and real ingredients, not like weird chemical ingredients and crazy stuff, even the ketchup and mustard is made from scratch by the makers, the owners of Q42. Uh, Where the other guys add uh, fillers like high fructose corn syrup and stuff like that, Q42 puts the the time and effort to cook up a sauce worthy of the most serious tailgate. The KC sauce is a crowd pleaser. The Carolina is a mustard lover's match. Go to Q42Barbecue.com to get yours and enter the code, as we like to do, yell it, Fina Show, yo, to save 15%. Love that Q42. It's cool to see it popping up on uh, Twitter as well, like all over the place. People like throwing it on their grill and stuff like that. So go get yourself some Q42 barbecue sauce. John, you feeling good? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Got the win, you know, victory Monday. It is Victory Monday. Happy Victory Monday to everybody. You, you ready to bring on the man, the myth, and the legend? I am. We're we're fortunate. You know, uh, Joe and I, I, my good buddy Ruben Brown joins the show. And I got to tell you, it's just, it was a privilege to play with Ruben to develop our just integration as a guard tackle combo together over the years. Ruben and I could communicate just with eyes and hand signals. And, you know, we made the game a lot of fun. And, if you don't know Ruben very well, Ruben's got a big heart. He's a he's a big old teddy bear. Um, tells it like it is, not afraid to share his feelings, and and that's why he and I have uh, been close ever since uh, during the playing days and after, and probably my closest friend from uh, from the, the playing days. And I just want to say thanks, Ruben, for joining us, and we're looking forward to hearing some of your stories and what you feel about Buffalo, uh, the team, and. And what it's like, uh, you know, going where you're going, where so few get into that uh, rare air of the Hall of Fame we're expecting. So joining the show right now, my brother, Ruben Brown. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you having me. And, and John, you know, uh, I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, uh, Thank you for all those kind words. And to hear you say them actually gets me a little choked up because uh, I'm very fond, uh, Joe, I'm very fond of this guy. John Fina is my number one guy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really, 
we have a real uh i have a man crush on him i have to say <laughs> you know uh, he's a he's a totally handsome guy but other than that you know i'm attracted to his intelligence <laughs> <laughs> you'd be the only one um, <laughs> I, I i totally love his family and you know, John's right. We we hit it off. We we definitely hit it off, and I think we hit it off mainly because I was a curious guy, and John was willing to impart wisdom. He he wasn't he's he wasn't selfish. He was definitely very giving of his time and his energy, and just you know, um, I think. I think it was just a, it, just so mutual. It's like someone was looking for answers, and there was someone willing to give the answers, and there that was the two of us. And you know, I fell in love with him, and it made it so easy, mm. so easy, amazingly easy for me to um, play my position and, and do my job. And I really, uh, I say, I say this. Um, your team or your group is better when the teammates are really intertwined with each other and really get to know each other. Like John alluded to the fact that when we played together, we could communicate. We we had worked together so much Mm. that we didn't even need to use anything verbal. We could literally see the same thing. (laughs) I knew what he was going to do. You know, I knew what he was going to do. And he knew if I was about to make a mistake, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because he knew who I I was. He knew he knew the things that would set me off or, you know, make me lose my focus. And he knew that that was those things were about to happen. And and likewise, I was so confident that if guys moved around in front of us and tried to give us a difficult look or something like that, I just, we didn't even have to, I just look at John or or John to give me a little hand signal and we were like, yeah, we got it. You know, we didn't even have to talk and we had it and we did it and we did it well. I'm gonna tell you, there's not many guys that did it as long as we did and as well as we did it. Um, And I'm honestly so proud to have played with him and, and we had a blast. Yeah, we, we, just you know, we made each other we, we better. We, we saved each other's uh, hind, hind sides a few times and, you know, we celebrated all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's, thanks, Ruben. It's funny because yeah. every, everything that you just said about him wanting to teach, wanting to help, wanting to educate is exactly what he does on this show. And I, I don't suspect or expect that you've yeah. watched a lot of these episodes, but the fans of Buffalo love him because he's basically making the game palatable oh. to them through this show. But I love mm-hmm. – just what you were talking about, about being together. You know, John made us aware uh, that there might be an NFL record out there for you two being the longest tenured left tackle and left guard to have played together in the NFL, like maybe possibly in NFL history, seven years, right? Uh, so with that, it's yes. interesting to me to to know that in seven years, like you said, you know, you, you kind of grew up under John and John was there to help you and you obviously helped him. But what was that transition like? You know, like the first time you went to when you went to Chicago and John wasn't there. Was that awkward? It was very tough. It was very tough because I had to then I would say learn uh, a whole nother group of people Mm -hmm. and understand their, you know, how they worked or what they had to do. And in the in the way to find these things out aren't always uh, on the field. You don't necessarily just go to practice and I figure out who this guy is next to me. You know, I really get to know him when we go out to dinner. We sit next to him. We go over to each other's houses and I talk to him. I get to know about his family. And and a lot of those little things, you know, teaches teach me how to interact with them or what's important to them or you know what their value system is so that i know you know where to input myself or where i need to step back you know and so john really taught me that it was difficult in chicago to make that try it it really was difficult the 
the most difficult time for me actually was the year that John left Buffalo. Mm. Um, when he left Buffalo, I was really struggling. I, mm. I really had a hard time even, you know, really coming in and working with the other players because I was spoiled. <laughs> you know, I'm like working with these guys. You don't know that. I'm like, why don't you know that? You're supposed to know these things. I'm like, John knew this. And they're like, John's not here. I'm like, well, go get John. <laughs> you know, they shifted. So, You're supposed to make a hand signal. You, know, you didn't make a hand signal. <laughs> Like, where's the hand signal? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ruben and I would be in the huddle. So and we would, I, I, Ruben and I would be in the huddle, and we wouldn't look at the quarterback. <laughs> we'd just listen, and we'd just stare at the defensive front mm -hmm. and just see the way they're standing around yes. and see if they would give us tells. And, mm -hmm. you know, every now and again, you'd get a, a tackle talking to an end or a linebacker stepping up and jawing right. in one guy's ear, and then we'd just know, hey, there's a game coming. You know, mm -hmm. so we were always prepared. We had yeah. this – you know, I would set in a way that kept me in the right relationship with Ruben. And I knew depending yes. on the guy's alignment on Ruben, if I had to set a little bit inside and, yeah. you know, we, we just, um, we just connected yeah. on that front and we talked technique all the time. Yeah. We would give each other a little, you know, during the game, little pep talk reminders, you know, the key points that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we talk about during the week and, you know, it was uh, it was a privilege playing with you. Brother. Hands and, and feet, baby. Hands and hands feet. and feet. Every play, hands and feet. That's what I'd say. <laughs> hands, hands and feet. feet. <laughs> that was John before every game. Before every game, we go out there and you know everyone gets lathered up and you're ready to go. Before we hit the field, right before we hit the field, you know you pat pat each other's shoulder pads and stuff like that. And John's thing was hands and feet, baby, hands and feet. And I always, you know, that was my thing with John, hands and feet, hands and feet. And I would say that to other linemen afterwards, and they're like, "Where'd you get that from?" I was like, "That's John. It's hands and feet, baby, <laughs> hands and feet." Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are super chat. Um, I hang, would also hang say, on, hang on, hang on, Ruben, two seconds. Oh, so this ahead. is a question for you. Uh, this super first super chat comes from uh, Brian Bowers, uh, who's a, a a super good friend of the show. And John, you were on a show with Brian last week. Uh, but Brian says, John and Ruben, we need help on the offensive line. If the mafia donates, how much would it take to get you guys to suit up next week? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that'll be the day. <laughs> I always say whenever whenever anybody Not says happening. that, I always say hashtag catastrophe. I mean, I got about half a play in yes. there, and he better weigh about two hundred pounds and run like an eight second forty yard dash because otherwise, yeah, yeah. That's hey, uh, we we you know I'm, what I'm, we we love I the love am Warwick Dunn. Ah. <laughs> D-U-N finished. You know, Joe uh, and Brian, yes. we, lo we love the love, but we're both realists. And, yeah. you know, the game passed us by, and now it's, you know, a couple of cocktails and the truest memories, you know, the best memories Yo, we can eke out of our gray matter. That's tell that's me. what we're here for today, you know. Talk about Ruben's experience. Um, you know, I lived in the city of Buffalo, and, and Ruben, you live down south, and I know that some of mm. the best times when you would come up and – hang out with me and get that flavor of of buffalo and i know that you came to appreciate it was mm -hmm. it was it a completely different feel out in chicago I mean, as far as yeah. cities and fan bases go well what was your like your relationship with chicago as opposed to buffalo i will have to tell you guys this uh chicago and buffalo they're relatives mm. they're if they're not cousins they're brothers. Um, it's very similar. Uh, Chicago's just larger. Um, but Chicago isn't so much a city as you would look. Let, you look at Manhattan, that's a city. You think mm -hmm. about a city. Chicago's a city, but it has a feel of, you know, a town. You know what I mean? Uh, it has more of, a, I, I don't want to say suburban feel, but it is a somewhat of that. Mm -hmm. um, and Chicago and Buffalo are very family oriented. It's all about your community, your family, and they're very tight knit. They stick up for each other. Um, 
Buffalo and Chicago are identical twins almost. I mean, it's the same place. Literally, if it snows in Chicago, a day later it's going to snow in Buffalo. If it rains in Chicago, it's going to rain a day later in Buffalo. And I know this for a fact because I lived in both places. And while I was in Chicago, I would call back to Buffalo and they'd say, it's raining today. I was like, it just rained yesterday here. So it's the same. Um, sounds like misery for everyone. I, I, I had a blast. Oh, totally. It's brutal. The, the cold awesome. is brutal. Uh, 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 the cold is brutal when you get older. When I was young, Buffalo Bill player, the cold did not bother me. I did not have a problem with it. But by the time I was my last days in Chicago, oh, I was an angry, grumpy old man because the cold was not my friend. You know, I only needed cold for therapy, not to live in it every day. <laughs> hey, let, let's hit um, so that super chat. Chicago ask, was a good spot. I want to ask Ruben a question just to, uh, about that. So let's pull that Eric Farrell up. Hey, Ruben, you're looking svelte. What yeah. weight are you running at these days? I remember a guy who was a lot more bear than teddy bear. <laughs> yes, that is true. So <laughs> Ruben has decided to lighten the load. <laughs> I, I decided to throw quite a few chairs off the Titanic. Uh, I am down to 235 right now. And I'm yes, 230. Is, I'm 230 uh, pounds. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh -oh. 235. And, and, and the holiday season's here, so I'll be back up to 240 soon. <laughs> you know, nice. So I'll be eating quite a few cookies and stuff. So, Ruben, but, I, uh, I, you I, got know, a... I decided to get into it. I got a question for you. Yeah. So I know that, you know, I left uh, Buffalo and I had one season with Arizona. And I got to the end of that season. They didn't ask me back, so my career was ostensibly all over. But I also, like, there was – there was just a feeling like I just felt like my body was done. Like mm. I, I couldn't go anymore. Did you get that sort of hallmark? Like you hit the end, like you just, you, you can't recover as fast. Your energy's not as great. Things are aching and you're just mm. like, I, I, I think I've physically hit it. If I pushed it, I'm, I'm probably going to be in some real physical trouble. I, I, started feeling like parts of that uh when i first went to chicago I, I started to know my age so i had to play smarter um but you know there was some i had i had some inspiration out there guys kind of rejuvenated me olin Cruz rejuvenated me while i was there um and the strength and conditioning coach um clyde emmerich um rejuvenated me he introduced me to power cleaning and which I never did in my entire life until I, I worked with him. And he they kind of kept the light burning. But the year that we went to the Super Bowl and after that game was over, uh, I came back the next year and I just knew. Mm -hmm. I said, this 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 can't go on much longer. Right. You know, and I really wanted to, you know, give it. Uh, a go because how much I enjoyed playing football, but I, I could tell the it was done. Gotcha. <laughs> the time was up. I was like, all right, if they don't call me, I'm not mad. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, exactly. I remember the same thing because <laughs> I know I'm. So, so, so I don't you, have anything to really give them. <laughs> so, so Ruben, you played in the NFL for 13 seasons, seven of them with the Buffalo Bills, nine Pro Bowls. Yeah. Talk about before we're, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills this year's team. But before we do talk about just for a second, the feeling when you heard that you were on the short list to make the NFL Hall of Fame. Oh, oh. I don't know where to begin. Mm. Excited, elated, um, just just all around happy and proud. Mm. And, you know, it's not so much for me. You know, because I got my enjoyment. Trust right, right. me. I ran, I ran into guys. I blocked them. And I can talk <laughs> trash to some of the best players in the NFL and say, yeah, I kicked your butt. John Randall, <laughs> I, I, I kicked his butt. Right. You know what I mean? Warren Sapp, I kicked his butt. 
Right, right. You know what I mean? So I don't need a Hall of Fame to tell me that I kicked Warren Sapp's butt. Warren Sapp knows I kicked this butt. Mm -hmm. um, but to have the organization of the Hall of Fame to put me on the list is just like, oh, man, thank you. But it also is a thank you and appreciation. And, and I get happy for all the people that helped me um help get my name there yeah help, help put my name in in the mix you know my teammates mm. john fina i mean i'm not there without playing next to john fina right you know what i mean so when my name is mentioned reuben brown comes up they're gonna have to research john fina you know <laughs> they're gonna have to say hey well this guy played in buffalo for x amount of years and he was good but what was else around him well look around him John Fina was next to him. Kent mm. Hall was his uh, um, first um, center. You know mm. what I mean? And then, you know, all of the great Thurman Thomas was his running back. So that goes into play. And then as you dig deeper into who Reuben Brown is and what he was, you'll find out all the different people that supported me and helped me become, you know, the nine-time Pro Bowler. So, yeah. um the being acknowledged is really more for me and when i hear it it's more about the people around me that right, support right. the team that made the reuben brown reuben brown did his part you know um but i really the it's more about the guys that helped reuben brown be who he was so you so, got seven. Is that enough third person for you guys? Great. <laughs> I love it. Seven years in Buffalo, six years in Chicago. You get to choose. Are you going in as a Buffalo Bill when you make it in, or are you going as in as a Chicago Bear? Oh man. Uh it's only, up to them. I hadn't thought they about that. Yeah. I don't care. No, gotcha. I don't care. I, I don't care. Either one would be fine with me, yeah. honestly. Uh and if I went in as a bear, you know, the Bills would know that you know what i did there and if i went in as a a bill the bears would know you know so yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't matter it really doesn't uh, because this situation for me is like kids mm. which one of your kids is your favorite <laughs> well none That's of good. them really <laughs> you know <laughs> i tell my kids all the time i got three kids and i said none of you guys are my favorite i said but my first son is my favorite first son my second son is my favorite second son my my daughter is my favorite daughter <laughs> you know so i got it covered they're all my yeah. favorites yeah you know what i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a question i'm gonna take a question from the comments section this is for both of you so and, and john if you want to go first you can and then ruben you can follow up this is a great question uh, can you guys talk about the difficulty of having to switch up from left tackle to right tackle or even left guard to right guard and back? Because we've seen a lot of this. Cody Ford, Ike Butker, all these guys, uh, Feliciano, have bounced back and forth in this past weekend. We saw Spencer Brown go from right tackle to left tackle. Darrell Williams go back from right tackle to right guard, back to right tackle. So, John, you talked about it before a little bit, but again, speak to that difficulty. And then, Ruben, you can talk just from a guard standpoint the difficulty of switching back and forth. So, John, you go first. Well, for me, it would have been impossible. I mean, I played left tackle for two years in college, and then I was always on the left side. So anytime I had to line up, when I went to Arizona, then I was a swing tackle, mm. and I'm getting on a right-handed stance, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, forget this. I mean, I felt like a jigsaw <laughs> yeah. puzzle yeah. dumped out onto the floor. <laughs> I couldn't put it together. I had no yeah. idea. And you know, I had spent so much time, mm -hmm. and you know, Ruben and I, you know, when in training camp, we talk about this, I had everything down on the left mm -hmm. side. So I think if you are a true swing guy early on, you know, you can maintain that skill set. Like Glenn Parker came in and he bounced through the line, mm -hmm. every position, but center. right. And if you are taking those mm -hmm. reps um, over and over, if you're getting them in training camp at full speed uh, and not just trying to come off the bench at either tackle, I think you're you're more adept uh, at doing so. For me, it would have been a, a disaster, and it's almost it was almost mm -hmm. better that I got blowed up in Arizona on my third play at right tackle because I was probably <laughs> going to get destroyed anyway. Uh, Ruben, what's your take on that? Right. 
I, I agree. You know, in order to be a good swing man, it has to already be in your repertoire mm -hmm. to, uh, coming into the NFL. You have to already have that exposure. Um, I myself, when I first went to Chicago, uh, I really wanted to... Uh, I thought I wanted to change my whole thing. I didn't want to wear the same number. I'm not the Reuben Brown in Buffalo. I want to be a different Reuben Brown. And I'm going to go try to play right guard. And right guard was nothing like left guard. <laughs> left guard, like John said, I, I, was just so, away. I spent so many hours. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Because I spent so much time perfecting being on the left side i had all the skills the technique the little intricacies that a swing man definitely would not have all of these abilities to be a little intricate at each position they're just moving from position to position yeah. whereas once you're settled into that's your spot now you find out all the little ins and outs of that particular spot um, uh, Olin Krutz was, it was funny. Um, uh, we were in Chicago. I tried to play, uh, right guard. I went through camp as right guard and they actually were thinking about cutting me mm -hmm. until, uh, Olin Krutz comes up to me and he goes, he's like, why aren't you playing left? I was like, ah, oh, that's old. I'm trying to put that behind me. He's like, well, someone just got hurt. Why don't you? give a couple snaps. I said, oh, I can do that. Don't worry about it. He's like, no, just give us a couple snaps at it. I go in. I do like two snaps. Olin goes to the coach. He's like, play him at left guard. Yeah. <laughs> like, Forget right. <laughs> what does he think? You know, play really, him at left. He is a left. You know, so. I, think, I think the biggest difference yeah. is when you're in your stance, you're able to just change the weighting on your yeah. feet and on your hand so you yes. can you know you can you can move your right foot first or your left foot first with just the tiniest little weight distributions yeah. and then you get that other hand down the other yes. foot up and you don't have that it's like almost like a feeling with the ground right. and it's, it's like from the top of your head yes. down through your feet you know there's a comfort yeah. level and just a little bit of yeah. movement one way or another and you can you can do whatever you want yeah it's funny that you now the, i would run. say it would be it's easier probably for a lineman like a guard to probably move into center mm. from either side, whether it be right guard or left guard. And if you go into center, just because of the, how the stance is and how it works and where you're situated in the line. But when you're starting to go from left guard or tackle and you want to go and play uh, right, it, it's a whole another yep. ball game it's not the same and people can try to say it is but it's a special skill if a guy can actually do both yeah john was talking about the weight distribution as far as like feeling the weight on your heels or whatever and it's funny because a lot of people don't probably remember this or know this but but ralph wilson stadium back in the day rich stadium had a huge crown on the field so literally you were yeah, kind of leaning yeah, in one direction yeah. depending where you're lined up would you both yeah. would you both uh make it to say maybe it's similar to switch hitting like if you're a right-handed batter and you bat right-handed it just feels natural mm -hmm. like what you know if you're trying to hit a curveball you wait for the break of the right. ball like just hand-eye coordination and then when you pick up a left like just mm -hmm. bat lefty it's like i don't know what to do with this thing <laughs> where some people just naturally right-handed yeah left -handed, well, I, I would way. say for for the listeners out there so mm -hmm. when i when i moved to the offensive line they put me a left tackle uh in college i was like i i don't even know what I don't even know what this arm does half the time. Right. So I, I taught myself how to yeah, juggle. Yeah. I started brushing my teeth with my left hand, yeah. you know, brushing my hair, combing my hair with my right. left hand. I'd incur or eating with my left. Everybody out there who thinks it's so easy, just switch something that you automatically do with your dominant hand to your other hand. And, and you just, yeah. you feel like, like you're a stranger to yourself. Yeah, yeah. So let's yeah, do this. Let's yeah. uh let's move on to uh current Buffalo Bills talk. Now, Ruben, we're gonna we're gonna hang on to you for the rest of the show, which is about another 30 minutes, and we're gonna talk right. about the Buffalo Bills. And our general script is uh we talk about what our expectations were for this particular game, the good from the game, the bad from the game, and then kind of where we go from here. Now, um I, I don't expect you to have expectations from this game. So the question I want to ask you first is from an expectation, what was your expectations of this Bills team? coming into the season 
versus kind of what we're getting, if that makes sense. Ooh. You know, uh, I was on the, I, I, I was believing the hype. And each year for the Buffalo Bills, I get a little nervous because the excitement in Buffalo is skyrocket every year. Mm-hmm. It, it, it shoots to the top. Every year, the season, the first game, it's, it's like, we're going all the way. I'm like, hey, guys, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but this season, I'm like, these are number one contenders. They have to come in and just dominate because they're that team. They, they were that close last year. They have a lot, and they added a lot. So they are that team this year. That's what I was feeling. I felt like they would be the front runners all year in the AFC East. Um, they would handle, you know, people like the Patriots and so, such. But um, that hasn't been the case. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Look at that. There's another Fina. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Mimi, say hi to Ruben. Is that? Hi, Hold on. It's a it's Mimi. A, it's a pretty Fina. How you doing, Mimi? <laughs> wow, you're an adult. <laughs> yeah right wow, that's yeah. so cool john you, you have an adult next to you that used to be a little baby yeah you remember uh, i don't mean to embarrass you right now because the, i i saw you as a baby <laughs> you're an adult <laughs> oh my god isn't that something hey no. you know ruben uh dovetailing on what you just said i was thinking about it the excitement around the, the team this year whether they make it to the playoffs or don't make it, whether they go to the championship game or not, what a cool feeling for Buffalo and the Buffalo Bills fans after, I mean, the drought's ridiculous. Like, so to come into the season with this hype and this expectation, even if they fall short, I I mean, we're always grasping for joy in our life for something to get excited about. Yeah. So uh, that part is nice. I mean, for 15, 17 years after we left, it's just been, I can't imagine, like, right. you know, you're you're pay, you're making that stroke for the season's tickets every year, and you're like, oh my god, what am I doing? Yeah, I could have yeah, bought yeah. a car. I, I could have yeah, bought a new couch. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You know, that's a testament to the Bills fans. You know, they really are, are a good group of fans. Um, I talk to a lot of my friends that travel to the different stadiums around the league. You know, you can go to Pittsburgh, you can go to New England and stuff, but you don't get the hospitality and the excitement that you get in the Buffalo Bills stadium. You know, a lot of the other stadiums look very unfriendly to outside guests. You know, they really want their own player to fans and such. But the Bills are all about a party and a good time, you know, and they as really want to see they behave. team be competitive. Yeah, well, you know, that's a little. <laughs> as long as the Panther fans on behave, time, we'll Mr. be nice. Al- Al- <laughs> right. It, it depends on what time Mr. Alcohol shows up. Oh, um, yeah. right. we, we saw that I mean, guy if in his underwear. Early, then they can get crazy. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but um, go ahead. Overall, the excitement in Buffalo is always good. It's always high. Um, there's uh, always a, a high expectation, regardless of you know the success of the team or not. The real the Bills fans really drive that whole thing. Love it, love it. So transitioning transitioning now to this game, and I'll go first as far as what I kind of thought was the good from this game. And, and my first really good piece is Gabriel Davis. Uh, for me, you know, I said this on the show last night, the overreaction show, you know, we love Emmanuel Sanders. And I don't think there's a person that's going to talk about like Gabriel Davis at this point being better than Emmanuel Sanders, even with this probably being Emmanuel's last season as a professional football player. But this offense just mm-hmm. looks different and runs different with that big body, that presence that Gabriel Davis has, because all the other guys are, not as big as him. So there's a there's a physicality that he brings mm-hmm. to this offense that I don't think the other ones do. Another one, Devin Singletary. I was really pleased with Devin Singletary. Um, you know, the Buffalo Bills have gone out of their way to basically tell Devin Singletary that he's not the guy. Whether you know, drafting Zach Moss year two, bringing in Matt Breida, mm-hmm. benching him at times, but the dude mm-hmm. just keeps coming to work, and I appreciate that about him. And then, I mean, what can you say about F.A. Obata, who hasn't had much of a chance this year? He just really shined on the defense. 
so those were for me the good things. John, what what did you what were your kind of quick thought good things from this game? Well, I'll echo the same, but uh, I'll take a little different take on it. You know, I don't think drafting Zach Moss was a slap in the face to Devin Singletary. I think there was still a little bit of a void. Uh, I do. This is the philosophy of the staff is to rotate guys, put some guys on the bench and, and, you know, put a little pressure on Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, something clicked. I noticed they ran a little interior trap in this last game and it, it, maybe it works pretty well for, for motor. Uh, I, I just, I like his energy. Philosophically, our run game is a little upside down and sideways, you know? Mm. So I, I'm, I struggle to think that any one of these running backs as a featured back is going to do really well because there's, I, I just don't know what their identity is as a running team. I like Defe Obata. I thought he did extremely well. Um, I've been kind of wondering where he's been. The same with Basham, uh, where he's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, my take right now is we need more from the front, front four. Uh, they played pretty well this game beating Carolina. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I'm just not, you know, not thrilled. And they did some stuff to us in the defensively in the first quarter that, that shook us a little bit. And I keep saying that this team is not a great comeback team. We need to start fast in this. We got to get the engine revving early, right? Because we tend to have, Mm -hmm. we tend to lose our debt, our identity and we don't have like a dedicated planet for the first couple of drives when things go south. So I guess I wove, I wove in the bad with the good, but I think things are kind of pointing in the right direction. What did you find good about this football game? Uh, the Bills Carolina Panthers game, uh, Ruben? I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm very nervous about the, the Bills. The good I took away from it, they won the game. That's the That's good. The good. That's the good. Uh, other than that's, that, that's, that's, that's I, good enough, I'm, right? I'm, that's I, honestly, really, you know, a lot of people don't realize how really tough it is to beat a bad team in the NFL. Right? You think it's right? easy to beat a bad team? It's right? not that easy. It's so you hard know. to win a game. It's, <laughs> it is hard to win games, baby. I'm telling you. Um, it, you just just don't know, and it's 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 not it's it's surprising that more teams don't go uh, winless, mm. you know, because it is very tough to win a game. Uh, that being said, you know that's the good part. I'm glad they won the game, but at the end of the day, um, if anyone knows me or has heard me on any shows talk radio my entire life all i talk about is run run the damn ball you're, well, you're talking to the, the right guy because we, we have a run denier go on ruben go listen, on the, the Lay it on listen john john will tell you if you're going to be a championship team you have to be a dominant run team or effective. Not You don't have to smash people, but you have to be effective running the ball consistently in the late part of the season, which is now. Now is the time. Agreed. All right? And they, I don't believe the Buffalo Bills at any time this year or even last year has a commitment to establishing run. Um, they have some run plays. They, they throw them in there here and here and there, but they're not committed. They're not a run team, and that's going to catch up to them in the end. When you know all of these the other schemes, the throwing the balls to the receivers, and the receivers don't catch the ball and drop it, and whatever yep. you know, in pass interference, and all of these different possibilities that can go go. Um, when you're trying to get 10, 12, 13, 14 yards opposed to running the ball and getting two, three yards here and there and making the pass very easy for you or a short scramble. Our quarterback can run with the best and give him third and and four. Give him yep, third yep. and five. Give him third and six. Give him third and seven. And you know how you get that? You run the ball. So, so and I, I that's guess one thing they haven't done. 
I got I got called out by John Fina, by your guy, your left tackle, Ruben. I got called out by your left tackle. So I am not I'm not at all a run denier. I, I'm a run, I'm a I'm a, a run pessimist as it pertains to this football team. And the reason is because of Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a guy that can throw the football around the yard, but it gets multiplied for me because they are awful at running the football. Not only to John's point of a couple minutes ago about philosophically trying to figure out who they are. Like they haven't found a scheme they like. Are they going to be mm-hmm. pin and pull? Are they going to be a wide zone? They've got Singletary mm-hmm. who's different than Moss, mm-hmm. who's different than Brita. They can't put, and they run them mm-hmm. all like in each other's schemes. Like the whole thing is just strange. And right. then what do they do in that game? You watched that game yesterday, six or seven times on second and long, they run the ball. And they didn't get any yardage out of it. And it's like situational football tells you at second and long, I don't care if the box has six people in it. Don't run it. Like if you can't run it, don't. And that, so I'm not a run denier. If we had pick a guy, uh, a Naheem Hines, give me a, give me a guy. I don't even need a superstar, but if you had a Dalvin cook, if you had one of these guys, right? Clyde Edwards, Alaire, or one of these dudes that are like super duper good. Yes. Let's run the ball a lot. Let's protect Josh Allen. Let him, but until we get that guy, which we don't have, or some semblance of an identity from a run, from a, to establish a run, for me, the, this this football team, the, this offense is the best when they are running in an up tempo format and the ball's coming out quick. And Josh still gets his deep passes when they're running up tempo and yeah. the ball's coming out quick. They they are not yeah. good when they run the ball, and they're not good when Josh is dropping eleven yards behind the line of, line of scrimmage, which John talks about all the time. When he's holding the ball, they are not good. You're muted, John. You're muted. John. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'm every, muted because the damn dog was every, barking. Well, cool. every every offense in the NFL wants to run quick, <laughs> get yeah. the ball out of the hand, right, <laughs> really right. fast. That's the only way any of them are successful. Uh, I lie, you know, the goat right now. Yeah. He he's laid the foundation to for what everyone needs to kind of follow. Get rid of the ball really quick. Hand the ball off in certain situations, and, and you know those things are on the coordinator's uh, shoulders more mm-hmm. than what we uh, than anything. They the coordinator got to call the run plays hands down. Yeah, he has sure. to call them when they need to be called and and stuff like that. So. Uh, that's that's number one when it comes to the run game. You just have to attempt runs. Um, sometimes you don't think that a one-yard run or an attempt run, you just get those guys coming up, get them thinking about the run, and then that helps Josh with these other options of play action possibilities or, or yeah. getting or the the receivers getting behind the DBs so you can make those big, nice passes that he's great at. Yeah. I mean, we know he can throw the, throw the thing. He's got a cannon, but yeah. he needs some help. And that comes in the form of letting the offensive line, who's struggling mightily, <laughs> push people instead of, them playing basketball and just getting in front of them or getting run over while they're trying to pass the ball. So Good stuff. that's how I see it. Got another super chat. This comes from Pamela and uh, Ruben. People love you. They're uh, asking you all kinds of questions. So she says, Ruben, I've asked this question many times, <laughs> but I'd like to hear your opinion. Fina, that's that guy right there. John Fina gets mad at her whenever she's, uh, whenever she's not positive. He gets mad at me as well. He's got a negativity ticker that he keeps on me whenever I'm being ne- – there it is. <laughs> this yeah. this team yeah. uh, this year yeah. is the team. So this team this year is the team. We all agree. What do you think is going on? So what she's, what she's saying is, is, just as you said, coming into the season, high aspirations, huge expectations, mm-hmm. Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going on? Why is this mm-hmm. team eight and – they're eight and six, right? Why is this team eight and six right now? Uh, we don't have enough of a running game to compliment Josh, hands down. We got a lot of – we're enamored with all of our passing possibilities and great receivers and stuff. So, look, Doc, Knox has emerged to be one of the best tight ends in the league. No one knew that at first. Right, you right. Know, no one knew. So, let's let's try some of that over on the offense with the run game um, and help out uh, our ailing offensive line. And then the second part. 
And this is going unnoticed because the Buffalo Bills defense is quietly one of the best defenses in the league, right? That's the case. But something's been showing up lately. We've been seeing the Bills get gashed. Obviously, you know, the, the coach running back is an amazing running back, and he's he's beating up on everybody. But um, we don't have enough going on up front from our front four on defense. Right. Um, Absolutely true. I know those guys, there's some talent there, but we're not getting mm. that really good front four presence. You know, the DBs are great. The linebackers playing their butts off. You know, there's, but that's the missing piece to the puzzle. And what do they always say, John? The game starts up front, right? Yeah. With the line, I would, I would agree. You know, I think think our front four has got to deliver a little bit more. I'm noticing, Ruben. I know I pointed this out in our text thread earlier. I'm just not appreciating their get off on third and long obvious passing situations. You know, I was saying last week as an offensive lineman, you want a guy running straight into you and giving you your whole chest, you know, give you the frame of the body. You know, the guys that were really hard were the guys that got skinny fast and got low and on third and long or second long obvious passing downs. I don't know what it is. I mean, we're not spying on all of these quarterbacks. We got to get half a man and get some penetration. Yeah, it's super good. Super good. Here's a question for, uh, yeah, for both of you. Definitely. We got to get people up there. Yeah. How much would a hurry up? How much would an up-tempo offense uh, help the running game? Does it help it? And would it help this offense? The running game. Who's first, Ruben, me or you? I don't think up-tempo. I'll go, but I don't think going up-tempo will uh, do anything. It's mm. just the attempts. Um, really, and you just don't understand the effectiveness of actually attempting mm. the runs. Gotcha. You know, if you start early and you're only getting one yard or two yards or you making it back to the line of scrimmage, that's just as effective because let's, I, I'll bring, I'll, I'll take you guys back to the days of Thurman Thomas, right? And, did any of you guys play the video game with Thurman Thomas back in the day? Tecmo. Sega or Tecmo. any of those Tecmo, Tecmo yes. All right. Yeah. All right. Or, say, so, or, or NFL. And, and, NFL and yeah. You guys are totally. So this was the MO. Every team had an MO. And the MO for the Buffalo Bills, if you played with them on the video game, Thurman Thomas came alive in the fourth quarter. But you would have to had tried to run with him in the first half. That's right. All right. Right. But by the time the third quarter and the fourth quarter come came along, if you had been running Thurman, Thurman was going to kill you. You know what I mean? (laughs) So that's the philosophy that you have to take going into every game. Let's start the game. All right, the first quarter, we only got two, three, four, five yards. All right, we got nowhere. We got nowhere. But come fourth quarter, we're going to run those same plays. Next thing you know, he's in the end zone. You know what I mean? So so, you have to attempt. My my answer to that question is we have too many formations and too much motion. We we can't. I mean, it's not it's not the DNA of that offense. Mm. I mean, we're running these these funky little circular motions where the receiver runs past Josh and flips around and runs the run the other way, and you're not going to be able to incorporate that and do a mm. hurry up. I mean, you you certainly I'm certain that they have a hurry up package. Obviously, you got to do that for a two minute drill. Yeah. Um, but that's usually not run heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's not focused on getting sequential first downs. You mm. know, multiple first downs in a series. Uh, so I don't see it. I don't think it helps either. So we are already, ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fita Show, brought to you by Q42 on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast and Podcast Network with our special guest, Ruben Brown, former Buffalo Bill, hopefully potential future Hall of Famer, uh, Buffalo Bill and Chicago Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've already kind of been talking about the work, which is the, the takeaways from the game. We don't like to, we, John and I don't like to call it the bad. So we have the good from the game. We don't like to call it the bad. So we call it the work. Where, what needs work? And this is the question that I have for both of you. As it pertains to the offensive line, we've been talking offensive line, we've been talking defensive line, we've been talking run game. Yesterday, we saw a little bit of Josh Allen that we haven't seen, maybe because of his injury, maybe because of just the situation with the guys up front, 
complete patchwork offensive line outside of Mitch Morse in the middle, right? Which was, he was Mm -hmm. chucking the ball in the dirt. We saw him throw the ball at the ground Mm -hmm. more than I think we've seen him throw the ball at the ground in six game stretches. He threw the ball at the ground a lot. Mm -hmm. As an offensive lineman, when things aren't going well, if you've got a guy behind you, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tyrod Taylor, any of these guys, Lamar Jackson, that can escape and elude and then get out to the right or left and throw like hero balls down the field. Mm -hmm. And you're just watching this guy and you're like, he's a magician. And it almost, not that it doesn't matter as much, but like, like he's a superstar versus the message it sends when the, when the quarterback literally can't do anything, but throw the ball straight to the ground. Does that send a message to the offensive line Mm -hmm. at all? Or is it more of just, it is what it is. Well, I'll take that one. I watched it, and I thought that those were great plays by Josh. Those are situational screens. You know, uh, the one where people got uh, their thongs in a knot about Spencer Brown and the sack in the first quarter, that was a screen, and it Mm -hmm. wasn't even Spencer's guy. That was a three technique. The guard Mm -hmm. let him go because he was going out in the screen. Mm -hmm. Josh, that was an opportunity. It might have been the signal for him. I took a sack. I could have thrown thrown it out of bounds. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I look at mm-hmm. that as a great development opportunity. If a play's dead, you're better off dumping it than forcing it. Yeah. What about you, Ruben? There you go. That's true. I feel the same way. You know, um, there's only so much the quarterback can do. And, and each play has its ceiling, mm. you know. And you have to know when to not try to extend too much then you get in danger of turning the ball over and stuff like that. So you, you, he, he's being smart. He's, he's way smarter quarterback than he has been in the past. He's obviously still a young guy, but you know, he's showing a lot of maturity and knowing when, and you know, when to get rid of the ball and dump it and take, you know, sometimes there might be a time when you have to take a sack, just like an offensive lineman. Like for me, I'd hold somebody just because I'm like, all right, it, this is what's going I got to hold this guy. Yeah. I'm not going to let him hit my quarterback. Right. You know, right. so right. Um, right. those types of things come up, you know. At yeah. least you had that chance, right? Sometimes up. they beat you clean. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. That? Hey, Doc, he's coming in hot. <laughs> so, so, I mean, if you can't hold him, you should hold him. I put it to you that way. So, um, so I know where, a lot of people get uh, upset about holding. Where is the line? Uh, sorry, there's somebody they got to block. On, yeah, uh, get that guy out of there. That's disgusting. Uh, so I don't know how. To, so Richard All Rush right. is on. Richard Rush is on it. Thank you, Richard. Thank uh, you, Richard. Um, so wh- where is the line between, you know, Ruben? You said that you know you, you can't expect your quarterback to do everything, or he can't do too much. There's there's a, there's a point. Where is the line with a guy like Josh Allen? Because the reality is, is he's not going to be this Josh Allen forever. The days are going to come where his body mm-hmm. begins to feel it a little bit too. He's going to get a little bit older. He's going to get a little bit fatter, a little bit denser, right? Uh, yeah, you say natural. that. Hey, wait, you say that, but Tom Brady is like <laughs> 75 years old. Yeah, but he can't move either. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he still moves okay. Yeah, that's true. He can't. I don't know. I mean, I, look, I, it's solid. I think Ruben said something really smart right there, and it's that that timing, how long can I extend the play? You know, and that that's going to continue mm-hmm. to contract for Josh and he's going to get a little, he's going to get a better feel mm-hmm. of it there. Um, and we talked about the hype for this team. You know, sometimes that hype translates into, I got to do more, I got to do more, but by it's not Josh Allen that's hurting mm-hmm. us. You know, we've had, you know, you, you talk about the work, right? Get healthy, stay healthy. Number one, you want to go into the playoffs, you got to get mm-hmm. healthy, stay healthy. Our defensive line has to get free. Mm. We have to get free up front and get pressure. That's it. We have to with a four-man rush. Um, We need to be assignment perfect. And I'm talking more along the lines of offensive line play, blocking tight ends, blocking receivers. You can be assignment perfect. It is not a myth. You can do it. You can go an entire game and not screw up an assignment. Mm -hmm. And the last thing for me is – Damn, we get some dog ass penalties at the wrong time. <laughs> I mean, hail. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and Ruben, yeah. I don't know if you saw this yeah, stat. Yeah, Somebody no, way smarter than me threw this yeah. stat up during the week. 
every time, every 27.6 times Aaron Rodgers throws the ball, he gets a PI. Yep, yep. You know how many times it takes Josh to throw the ball before he gets a PI? 82. I mean, wow. 82. 82. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Wow. So, wow. We got to play cleaner and we got to eliminate penalties. This is a great question as we're talking about the things that need work. Uh, the mafia yesterday and a little bit today were very much up in arms about Spencer Brown's play. Now, we've already established going from right to left is not easy. He's never been a left tackle. I think he experimented when he was in college and was like, left tackle's not for me. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, but he ended up, you know, on, you know, at the right side. What are your guys? He had thoughts? to play. He had yeah. to do it. Ruben, you can go first. Just from at, at first blush, you know, what was your what were your thoughts? Obviously, just on on uh, Spencer Brown's play yesterday. Well, I when I saw him over on the left side, I knew it was going to be tough for him. I mean, NFL. I mean, come on, this is not college. This is you're not playing the sisters of the poor over mm. there. You're playing some bad mamma jammas <laughs> that's right. lined up in front of him. Um, so he had a typical difficult job. He's a rookie, mm. you know, and it, it, everything's against him in this situation. Honestly, yeah, right? I mean, I don't know what the fuck the Bills expect from him. <laughs> I mean, he, he 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 was he's like the the guy that they're like, okay, now go out there and save us. He's like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't have a gun. Hey, <laughs> you know? so. Um, <laughs> But if I critique him, I'm going to give him a critique. And I, I'm going to critique him as a lineman that I've I seen him play over on the right side also. Mm-hmm. Spencer has a tendency to um, just kind of lock on the guys and not use his feet. Mm. Um, he may, he, he does, whenever he engages, he, he likes to muscle guys. You know, and maybe torque torque them, and you know, use that as as leverage because he's a tall guy, he's a strong guy. Yeah, yeah. But he does not bend his knees enough, nor does he move his feet enough upon engagement. You right. know, he gets flat-footed a little bit, and that's when he opens the gate. John knows what that means. He'll open up, and that makes it easier for penetration and things like that. Gotcha, John. All right, I'm going to go a different, a little different route on this because I'm looking at a guy on the screen right now who started as a rookie and mm. might have had a couple of holding penalties in his rookie season, <laughs> like a few. Um, They're all subjective, but, but, but holding trade, is subjective. But the trade was. Um, Ruben is a high energy guy. Spencer's a high energy guy. He is going to clean up the mm-hmm. pile. He is going to be a rah rah hut mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a future star. Mm-hmm. That's it, flat out future star. Yeah, I, I go. Ruben went with the lower body. I talk a little bit more about his upper body. He has a great ability to get his hands in the right position on his pass sets, oh, yeah. but he's not mm-hmm. confident in his timing. He's got to strike the inside shoulder, and he goes. He's right here. He's ready. And mm-hmm. remember, remember this move, Ruben. You know the circle. Yeah, yeah. The envelope, right? I want to see yeah. him get that hand yeah. straight up. And he's he's just he's a little tentative yeah. on it. Uh, hands are in a great spot. Yeah. Time it, shoot them. And then yeah. if your feet are right, going back to what you said, if you're going to extend and your balance is yeah. good, your feet are right, you can still recover on a miss. Mm-hmm. Super good. But Super I, good. I, I lo- he's, he's there a you go. star. Love got it. He's got, great got, energy. Got, got I think he is a stud. I think he's a stud. Got on the super chat here from Randy Prokes. Randy, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Been a Bills fan for many years. Was there at Super Bowl 27 and 28 and respect your knowledge. Are we using Edmonds at his best position as a middle linebacker, uh, which he's not a middle linebacker, but or would he be better as more of an edge rusher? He is good. Could he be great if the Bills chose to use him differently? That's a great question. Anybody? No. no. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's where he needs to be. Yeah, I think he really is. He, well, he needs, he's, he, he's where he needs to be. If you if you remove him, who takes that spot? Who has the range? Who can do what he does? You 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 yeah. trade to a position where we don't even know what he can do with his hand on the ground and press the edge on a tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when we have guys who are supposedly specializing in that, so we can't take um, 
you know, we can't take Hughes and put him at his position, right? We yeah. can't take Rousseau and drop him back. So, no, I I don't mm-hmm. see that. I think it's a, you know. Yeah, certain- I agree. The hard, the hard part about that, the Edmund situation, as far as in the understanding, is he's is as much as he's listed as a middle linebacker, he's not. Him and Milano pretty much play the same thing. Edmonds just calls the plays, and if you're going to move him to the edge, then you're kind of playing a three-four scheme where he's playing standing up, and we don't play a three-four. We play a hybrid four-two. So it's it's I don't I agree with you. I don't know that it's it's necessarily it's necessarily doable. But yeah, uh, and I, I don't think he's performing badly. I, I I said it on the last show, Ruben. I mean, if you were reincarnated and had to come back and play football. Now the last position I would want to play is linebacker. Right. Oh, you got to fill. You've got to fly. Uh, I mean, you have to be like a, you You have to be an 800 pound deer. It's crazy. (laughs) That's an elk, John, an 800 pound deer is an elk. (laughs) No, thanks, man. I I just, you, you, it's it's so hard to look good doing what he has to do. If I, yeah. If I were to come back and be a linebacker in the NFL, I want to be LeBron Kirkland. Yeah, but they don't play that game anymore. That game right. is past He's, us. Right, for sure. I, listen, LeBron Kirkland was 290-pound linebacker. Mm, mm. Think about that. Yeah, yeah but he wasn't covering guys on a wheel route. <laughs> I, I think Erlocker, I think you probably <laughs> – Ruben, did you play with Erlocker? Yes, Wasn't I played Ur- with Erlocker. He's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He had to be up like 270, 275, right? He was a big old boy. Uh, uh, actually, 245, no, he was probably 250, 250 260. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a stud. He was a, he was a one of a kind, one of a kind. freak of nature. You Absolutely. Know? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's never going to be another Brian Erlocker. He's no. one of a kind. No, for sure. Well, we we're getting we're getting <laughs> long in the his hands down. <laughs> we're getting long in the tooth on the show. So let's do this. Let's wrap it up with this last question, which is from your guys' opinions, what do the Buffalo Bills have to do this weekend to beat the New England Patriots in Foxborough with the understanding that if they win, they're in first place for the AFC East. So they are leading the division if they win. So uh-huh. Ruben, why don't you go first? What do you what do you got for us as far as uh what do the Bills need to do against that football team? Run the damn football. <laughs> Plain and simple. I, yeah. I don't care what which running back they choose, run them all. <laughs> Get they there should be no less than 30 attempts at mm-hmm. running the ball. And if you don't believe that you can do it, then don't come play. Mm-hmm. Because the Patriots did it to you the last time they came to town. Yeah. So turn the shoot. Turn it around and give it right back to them. Gotcha. Hand, hand them what they gave you, hand it right back to them. Yeah, the uh, Colts did it to them on uh, this past weekend on Saturday night. John, what you got? Yeah. So uh, Josh has got to have a carry in the first series or two for six-yard-plus gain. They need to start fast. They need to score either a field goal or a touchdown on their first and second drive. So I say they got to go up. They got to score on their first two possessions, and they have to stop the run. Yeah, it's super, super. They good. have to stop the run, and you know, Belichick yeah. and his kid and their O coordinator—they're going to have a plan. They're not going to run the same game plan. I can't imagine they will. And if they do, shame on us. We don't belong in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know if you guys were paying attention to the right. Browns Raiders game, but uh, the Browns had it in their hand. All they had to do was fourteen thirteen. All they had to do was close the game out, and they did. They would. They would have done the same thing the Bills are looking to do this weekend, which was leapfrog. Right? They yep. leapfrogged and ended up taking the, uh, the number one seed, at least for now, in the North. So, and then they they let it slip away. But the Buffalo Bills had that opportunity this weekend, and had they done that, the Bills would have been knocked out of a playoff berth. Which, so I was sitting on the couch sweating bullets a little bit. Yeah, I was listening game. to it on the radio, and I freaking freaking out when he had to kick the field goal twice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, uh, super good. So, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina show uh, brought to you by Q42 on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast and Podcast Network. My name is Joe Miller, host of the show with John Fina and our special guest, Ruben Brown, former Buffalo Bill and Chicago Bear. Final thoughts, gentlemen, anything that you want to say before we get out of this place? John, final thoughts? Uh, Ruben, thanks for joining. And, uh, you know, we've, you and I, we've gone through fits and starts of being connected over the years. And I got to tell you, my life is much uh, fuller the more often we talk. So 
I'm going to keep calling you and keep texting you. We'll stay connected. And, you know, I love you, brother. I mean, I really do. You, you mean everything in the world to me. So thanks for joining the show. And uh, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. And it's I'm going to be there and watch it happen. There are going to be tears coming down my me cheeks. Too. Me too. Ruben? Uh, we both, we would definitely both be crying. That happened. Um, <laughs> you stole my thunder. I was actually going to tell the world that I'm not ashamed to say I love a man. All right. <laughs> I love that guy right there. Nice. John nice. Fina. I call him Juan Fina. Juan. He's my homie. Juan. And always, <laughs> that's my main man. And I love him to death. And I'm very happy to be here and tell the world that and, and enjoy this occasion with him and, and look forward to all of, you know, future endeavors and things that we get into and, and, and staying connected because he really is a real deal, man. You, you guys only know a piece of this guy. I, I, he's, he's the man. He, you got the right guy with you on the show to get to give people the proper insight on the game because he has the knowledge. I, I sat next to him and I constantly bugged him about all the information that he had in his head. I'm like constantly asking him about what is what about this? What about that? What about this? And he has the answers. He definitely does. He, he's 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 a bright guy and I and I'm very proud and happy to say he's my friend, a good friend. Awesome, awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. John, thank you for being here. Ruben, incredible, like super blessed just awesome. for me to get to talk to you too. John, thank you for setting this up. Because <laughs> I my didn't pleasure. have to do this. So this is this is a treat, a big time treat. Uh obviously I've been a Bills fan my whole yeah. life. So this, this has been awesome. But uh it's Christmas week. So you guys enjoy your holiday. Everybody out there in Bill's Mafia land and uh, around the world, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. Uh spend some family time, take a minute, rest, and uh everybody be blessed. So we're gonna go around the horn. Joe Miller for John, for Ruben, go Bills. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas, Merry New Year. Love you, brothers. Go Bills. Give me a go Bills, Ruben. Love you guys. <laughs> Give me a go Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. That's it. That'll work. Go Bills. Go, go Bills. Go. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.